Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known. Bye forever, Daddy. Oh, how we love you so. I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. It's done. See, your belief will dictate your behavior. No amen? Amen. How many of you ready for the word this morning? Actually, you just got it. We could just say amen and go. I'd like to start with a quote. Here's my quote this morning. The greatest use of life is to spend it for something that will outlast it. That was complicated for some, I guess, so I'll say it again. The greatest use of life is to spend it for something that will outlast it. See, most people are are content just getting some good stuff here in this life. And most people are just happy, man, if I could just make it here, if I could just get everything I want here, if I could get the car, the, the, the wife, the this, the that, the this and that, if I could just have everything here, I'm, I'm good, right? The world has a famous bumper sticker. It says, he who dies with the most toys wins. You ever seen that one? He who dies with the most toys wins. There's another one that says, he who dies with the most toys still dies. Amen? That's a little, that makes a little more sense. See, now, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how you guys, you know, feel about all that, but I want more than that. I want more than just having a good life here. I want more than, than I want my life to count for something more than just this, just today. Amen? Anybody with me on that? I want it to count for more. Now, can we be successful here? Sure. Do I want all those things? Sure. Whatever God has for me, I receive willingly and I will boast on Him. Amen? Does the Word say I'm going to have those things? Sure it does. Listen to this. The Word says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? Now, if he wants to steal from me, it's because I have something that he wants. Amen? How many people steal from broke people? You you don't go into a bad neighborhood to rob cars. You go into a good neighborhood, right? I'm glad you I don't know that. That's good. Thought I was going to catch some of you out there. See, if he wants to steal from me, it's because I have something of worth. Now, he wants to steal and kill. If the enemy wants to kill something in me, it means that there is something in me that is a lie. Y'all asleep this morning or what? what? What happened? The dedication took it all out of you? Everybody just... That was beautiful. Let's go home. 
If he wants to kill something in me, it means something in me is alive. Why would he want to steal from someone who has nothing? And why would he want to kill somebody who's already dead? That's why many Christians and many churches are totally safe. You got nothing and you're already dead. Oh, snap. If the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, if he wants to destroy something, it means there has to be something that's being built. Amen? Something has to be created. Something has to be started in you that he would want to destroy. You can't destroy something that hasn't first been created. So the word says when we come to Christ, we're a new creation. Amen? It also says that he who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it to completion, so he's still building. Amen? Anybody? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. So here's a scripture this morning, Galatians 6, 9. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we press on, if we don't quit. Listen, family, we started this series going through the entire book of John back in March of this year. Can you believe it's been that long? Back in March of this year with with sermon number 144 titled, Walk It Out. And this became known as the Walk It Out series. And here we are all the way into November, bringing it to a close. But here's the message that I'd like to share with you this morning. A message titled, This is No Time to Quit. Mm. This is no time to quit. Listen, that's been so heavy on my heart. I know there's some of you in here that, that, that have quit years ago. And you're only here because you're still going through the motions. I believe with all of my heart there's some of you listening today that you're at a point in your life where you've been balancing the scales. You've been deciding whether or not do I need to walk with God? Should I walk with God? Deciding whether or not you're going to trust Him. Whether or not you're going to follow Him. Whether or not you, you're going to walk it out. Can I still follow? Can I really do this? Why should I hold on to this? And you've been listing the pros and cons of being a believer, of walking with Christ. I want to share with you this morning, this is no time to quit. I want to tell you today, you might have fought hard all season to get to where you are today. You might have wrestled and suffered and fought your way to get here. And this might be the first game of your World Series. This might be the first game of the World Series in your life and you might have lost it badly. But by now, we know how it ends. We win. Amen? We win. I had to put that in there for my Yankees fans. If you're listening in Philly, in the end, you lose. But in Christ, you can still win. Amen? Well, all right, we we started this series talking about one of the most 
powerful implications of the gospel, of the Bible in general. And that is that we are left without excuse. I'm going to shut some of you down right here. We're left without excuse. (coughs) The only thing God hasn't done for us is made us choose. We're left with nothing but a choice. Choose right, choose wrong, choose life, choose death, choose right, choose left. We're left with nothing but a choice. Listen, young people, I, this has really been on my heart. Can, can, I, can you hear me for a second? Can you take the iPods off? Listen to me for one second, young people. Can I, can I give you a sermon in a sentence to all the teenagers and young people in here? Be in or be out. Be, see, see, you can't have take Jesus or take Jay-Z. Can I tell it to you like it is? Take Jesus or take Jay-Z. But you can't have them both. If there's a young person next to you that ain't listening, tell them, listen up, this part's for you. See, you can't memorize Jay-Z's sermons, store them in your heart, and then call on God when you're in trouble. You can't call on God when you're scared and when you need help and Kanye doesn't come. When you need peace and Beyonce doesn't bring it. When you're confused and Lady Gaga is speaking stupid into your soul. Choose Jesus or Jay-Z, be in or be out. Listen to me, if you could quote scripture the way you quote Little Wayne, you would be walking in confidence and in full authority. Please, please open your eyes. This is no time to quit. Understand, they want something from you. God has something for you. I dare you to try God like you've never tried Him before. See, you can't give your heart fully to God and your mind to Pete Diddy Dirty Money. Adults? We need to stop amening and stop being so lukewarm. We need to man up because one of the reasons our kids can't decide is because we haven't made the path clear enough. They see more falsities in us than truths. They see more exceptions to the rule in us than living by the rules. They see more compromise than character in you and me. You and I are ordinary men and women called to do extraordinary things. We're being equipped with the word of God, not just for ourselves, but for the generation that we've been called to lead. 
See, I love the word because it's not some old textbook. It's alive and it's active and it continues to breathe life into all who read it, who take it in, who rely on it. It leads those who choose to walk it out. Family, this world is killing our kids. Most have been seduced away from God right from under our noses right here in church. This is no time to quit. See, I believe the word, it says clearly that we are the Daniels and the Elijahs and the Davids of our generation. I believe that we are the Peters and the Pauls. We're the Matthews, the Marks, the Lukes and the Johns. We're the disciples and the disciples of our time. Dare I say, we are the Christ figures of our day. Jesus said, as you sent me, I sent them. That's not arrogant to say we are the Christ figures of our day. Now, all of those other men, they were ordinary men who by grace and the power of God live extraordinary lives. Leaving for you and I a legacy to follow. A commitment, a dedication. Listen, please get it. Most of those men and women in the Bible, they died for their faith. They died in their faith. Some died not even seeing the promise that was promised to them. We, we turn our back on God when He don't give us a parking spot that we asked for. We say, forget you then. You don't want me to go to church. I'll go home. I'll be driving around the block three or four times looking for parking. I asked you for parking, God. You can't do this little thing. How am I going to trust you? Most of these men died before they even saw the promises that God had made and would fulfill to future generations. You and I are not only the fulfillment of the promises made to our forefathers, but we're also the carriers of promise to our children's children. If, if you don't see it that way, you will continue to be a selfish, ungrateful, good-for-nothing seat-taker-upper in church. That's a word. This is no time to quit. Christ, who was innocent, was taken as sinful so that we who are sinful might be let go as innocent. When we last left off, they had already brought Christ to, the, to, to, to Pilate, to the governor, to the Roman officials. And Pilate, you know, investigates, Pilate questions him, and Pilate comes back and he says, this man is innocent, I have no charge against him. But the people rise up and they say, give us Barabbas. And so, to please the crowd, Pilate had Jesus flogged. To please the crowd, Pilate had Jesus flogged. I can't help to think how many things have we done to please the crowd? How many times have we hurt our Jesus to please the crowd? How many times have we compromised to please the crowd, to please our kids, to please our family, to please our, our co-workers, to please our friends? How many times have we had Jesus scourged 
to please the crowd. He might have been thinking, some believe, if I can punish this man enough, I might be able to save him because he's innocent and they want him dead. Let me give you a little clip that describes, it says, in regard to crucifixion, the goal of scourging or flogging was to weaken the victim to a state just short of collapse and death. As the Roman soldiers repeatedly struck the victim's back with full force, the iron pieces from the whip would cause deep contusions. The leather whips and the sheep bones that were cut into them would cut into the skin and subcutaneous tissues. And then as the flogging continued, the lacerations would tear into the underlying skeletal muscles and produce quivering ribbons of bleeding flesh. Pain and blood loss generally set the stage for circulatory shock. The extent of blood loss may well have determined how long the victim would survive the cross. John tells us they not only flogged him, but they mocked him. It says since since they were saying he's the king of the Jews, they made a crown of thorns. And they placed it upon his head. And they put a robe of purple around them because purple was a a color of majesty, of kings. And so they would constantly go around them and saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And and, and clap him in the face. So now, after this is done, Pilate brings him out before the people again. He's got his crown on and his robe. He's probably unrecognizable at this point. So swollen and bloody and broken. And and he says, here, this man is innocent for the third time, Pilate says. This man is innocent. He says, behold the man. And the Jewish leaders say, Crucify him. Crucify him. And and Pilate says, you crucify him. I find no fault in him. And the Jewish leaders say, we have a law that says this man should die because he claims to be the son of God. Now the real charges come up. He's not claiming that he was a king like Caesar. He's claiming to be the son of God. And the Jews have a law that says anybody that does that needs to die. And so Pilate got scared and Pilate took Jesus inside and he questions him again. And this time Jesus doesn't answer. He doesn't even defend himself. And, And Pilate gets mad and he says, don't you know I have the power to crucify you or to set you free? And Jesus replies, you have no power over me except that which has been given to you from above. He's saying, I, I, I'm going to go through with this. Because this is no time to quit. He says, I'm going to go through with this. I'm going to drink this cup. I'm going to die this death. I'm going to walk the Via Dolorosa. I'm going to go all the way. This is no time to quit. Because I'm doing what my father sent me to do. With you 
and I on his mind, he says, this is no time to quit. And the word says there in John that from that point on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but each attempt met with greater opposition until he finally tells us, John, John tells us, Pilate handed him over to be crucified. And listen, John doesn't go into the details of the crucifixion. He spares us the gore and the punishment that Christ endured, letting us wrestle not with the physical, but with the spiritual implications of the cross. He records that when it was all done, Jesus' final words, John 19.30, he says, It is finished. Now, a lot of people, there's a million commentaries on those three words, and a lot of people believe different things about that. Some say, you know, well, that was just, he was saying, I'm finished, man. It's done. Listen, I need you to understand and know that that was not a death gurgle. He didn't say, I'm finished. He didn't say, I'm done for. He, he said, it is finished. And then he gave up his spirit. It wasn't a cry of defeat. It wasn't a cry of, of being finished. It was a cry of victory. It is finished was a triumphant cry. It, it says that which I came to do has been done. All is accomplished. Everything is completed. Romans 5, 6 says while we were still helpless at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrates his own love for us, toward us in this. While we were yet sinners, he died. Family, this is no time to quit. You might be discouraged today. You might have no peace in your life at this point. You might feel burnt out. <coughs> you might have been going through some really real struggles. You might still be in them, but you need to understand today. And please just take this away today as I'm closing. When Jesus said it is finished, he was talking about just those very things. He was saying your separation from God has been reconciled on the cross. He was saying the price for your sinfulness, it was satisfied at the cross. He was saying your ability to have peace, it was secured at the cross. Your ability to have joy, it was secured at the cross. Your, your ability to be happy, to walk in life and to have overflowing life, it was taken care of at the cross. He said it is finished to your insecurity, your inability, your impairment, your inadequacy, your instability, your incompetence, your ineffectiveness, your incapacity, and your incapability. It is finished. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, the word says. This is no time to quit praying for our kids. This is no time to quit standing in the gap for them. This is no time to quit believing that they're going to return. Believing that they're going to come back into the house of the Lord. Believing that they will come back. This is no time to quit believing that God is still has a hand on their lives. This is no time to quit believing and trusting and praying and interceding that God loves your kids more than you do. 
This is no time to quit believing for that miracle that you've been believing for. You say, man, years have gone by. I've been praying for this miracle. This is no time to quit believing for that miracle because the inability to have the miracle, Jesus said, it is finished. This is no time to quit believing. So if you stopped, start again. This is no time to quit working on that marriage. Start working again. He said, but God, I, I don't see no light at the end of this tunnel. God, he, he's never going to, and she's never going to, and, and he never. This is no time to quit working on that marriage. Start working again. Start praying again. Start believing again. This is no time to quit loving the unlovable, reaching the unreachable. This is no time to stop shining. This is no time to quit standing. This is no time to quit fighting. This is no time to quit achieving, learning, succeeding, believing. Because Hebrews 37 says, For in just a little while, He who is coming will come back and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Come on, worship team. This is no time to quit. Come on, let's all stand. Let's stand. I didn't want to drag this out. I wanted you to just understand. I believe that was just the, 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 the prayer that's weighing on the body of Christ. That's just the, the heartbeat of the body of Christ right now. God wants you to know this is no time to quit. Let's bow our heads for a minute. Like I said before, there's some of you in here, you quit already a long time ago. The only reason you're still here is because you're still going through the motions. But listen, that's might be, that might be what you think. But I believe you're still here because God has still kept you connected. Because you've started to understand that where can I go to find joy? Where can I go to find peace? I've tried it in drugs. I've tried it in sex. I've tried it in relationships. I've tried it in people. I've tried it in position. I've tried it in power. And where can I go to find and you're still here and God brought you here today so that you so he can say to you this is no time to quit Isaiah says even youth grow tired and weary but they that hope upon the Lord will renew their strength they will take up like wings of eagles If that's you, man, I just need you to to man up this morning, excuse the expression, but I need you to man up this morning and say, you know what, man, I'm I'm, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. If there are people that are saying I'm not going to quit, would you just come and not quit with us together? Let's come up and this is the not quitter circle. Come on. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
turn to somebody next to you and say, this is no time to quit. Oh, this is no time to quit. Encourage somebody. This is no time to quit. Your victory's coming. Your breakthrough's coming. This is no time to quit. Hold on to him. Hold on to him. Young people, I love you. This is no time to quit. Don't be offended by what I said. Don't be, don't take offense to those words, but, but choose God. Choose today. Choose. That's my heart for you today. Choose God. Try God. I dare you. I dare you. I tried him over 20 something years ago and I have yet to find him not faithful. He hasn't given me everything I wanted. He hasn't done things the way I wanted him to. And for that, sometimes I got to say, thank you, God. Thank God you didn't answer those prayers. Thank God that you know better when to give me and what to give me and how to give it to me. Thank God. Some of us get stuck in those situations and we say, but God, I tried you. I don't believe I, I need to defend God, but I just want to tell you, give him, give him another chance. Give him another, uh, another shot. Just, just trust in him for real this time. Come forward and trust him for real this time. You can't, you can't trust him while you're still holding on to uh, this side. You can't hold on to God and hold on to everything else. You, you got to let go with both hands and grab on to God and let go of everything else. And that's the only way this ride works. So come, come. There's some of you back there, you're still fighting with yourself. You're still talking to yourself. You're looking crazy right now. Say, God, I'm going to let go of this stuff and I'm going to come and I'm going to trust in you. God, I'm going to smash my iPod if I have to, but I'm going to trust in you. God, I'm going to rip out every video channel in my TV, but I'm going to trust in you, God. I'm going to stop listening to the God, 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 God nonsense that gets put into my soul. And God, I'm going to start trusting and believing and walking in authority and power and I believe if you would even just try that you'd see how the shackles would fall off you'd see how the freedom would come you'd see you didn't realize see some of you don't realize that Kanye has you by the throat some of you don't realize that little Wayne has both hands on your neck some of you don't realize whatever the name is you can fill in the blank break it off today say God take me Take me, God. Come on, let's worship together like believers. Let's worship together like those that believe. Let's worship together like those that don't quit. Yeah, I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of you. Come on. Come on. Thank you for supporting.
supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.